podcastjuice.net. The planet is restless, Captain. They want their podcast. And they shall have it. I'll beam down to the surface. You have the bridge. Captain, that is illogical. These are Trek fans. They will challenge and dissect your knowledge with great emotion. It is a mission fraught with danger, peril, and grave risk. Suggestions. Send in the Red Shirts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's the Red Shirts. Picking up where we left off, I've got uh, Big Sexy here. He's still Chief Engineer. And I've got my number one, Claire Lene. How are you guys doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. I get, she gets promoted ahead of me? Did we what, notice what that? Kind of, what kind of sexual harassment are you trying to pull here, Q? Uh, I went there. Big, big I sexy, went there. If I'm sexually harassing you, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe sexual harassment was the wrong phrase. <laughs> depending on what the act, depending on what the harassment action was, it might kill me naturally, <laughs> or split me in half. But anyway, we're right uh, along here. <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, uh, we invited Claire Lanay onto the show, and as I suspected, man, we got into it. Uh, please go back and check that episode out before listening to this one so you get the context. We're talking about strong female characters in the Star Trek universe. And I think what we came up with, at least this is my my opinion, that it went from bad. <laughs> well, I hate to say bad. It went from bad, but only because the 60s were not the most uh, open-minded era was not the most open-minded era in terms of diversity and gender but then we it, it took leaps and bounds forward with the next generation and now we have just docked into ds9 we took some shore leave so we're gonna that's where we're gonna pick it up we're gonna pick it up with ds9 let's talk about ds9 and let's see if with that show we go forwards or backwards with gender equality so let's examine some of the characters in that show. Now, let me just say, now, I know, Big Sexy, you are a DS9 enthusiast. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Okay. So I'm going to be relying on you. Maybe I should put you at the number one now. Claire, do you Dude, mind? You just can't play musical chairs with number one, man. Come on. Claire, Claire, do you mind if I put you in engineering and, and, and have Big Sexy uh, sit to the right of me? Hey, I'm cool with that. I don't mind being your uh, Belana Torres. There you go, my girl. All right. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you was going to say. See? See, we here. We here with ours. See? Right? <laughs> All right. Although Damn. Big Sexy, she looks, <laughs> Big Sexy, she looks a lot better than you do, man. I got to look at you now. Come on now. See, okay. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not. Be nice. <laughs> All right. So, DS9, Deep Space Nine. I'm, I'm checking it out on um, Netflix right now. I wasn't a big fan of the show when it first aired. I was like, why don't these guys get off the freaking station? It's Star Trek, not Star Space Station. But in the third season, the characters are starting to develop. It's kind of like Star Trek uh, Next Generation. The third season, and I'm like, I'm kind of hooked. I have to admit it. And on DS9, I'm going to say you've got one of the strongest, again, one of the strongest female characters of the franchise being played by the alluring, 
Nana Visitor, and that is Kira Norris, uh, a Bajoran character who is uh, the first officer to Benjamin Sisko. So, Big Sexy, you, since you are more of a DS9 enthusiast, and I'm kind of learning the ropes about that series, give me your thoughts on uh, Kira, the char- Kira's character. You know, I liked Kira, and I liked how when the show started, on the very first episode, you know, she snapped at uh, Cisco a little bit. You know, I didn't like, you know, looking back at it now, how in later seasons when they had her romantically linked, oh, I, that's I don't okay. get away that's from all right. you. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Well, I'll just say when they had her romantically linked, I'll just say that, you know, she started to become a little more, you know, for lack of, of a more descriptive term, a little more soft. You know, Uh-oh. and not, that sound like a good she kind of lost that streak of I'm whipping your ass. Really? You know, but a, a little bit, a little bit. Now, there were times that, you know, while she was in command of the station, she had to stand up to some situations and she handled it. You know, she did not lean on Cisco by any leap of the imagination. You know, she would let him know, look, man, you go run off into the fire. I got this down here. You know, this is handled over here. And things did happen while he was away, and she handled it. You know, and again, I don't want to spoil it for you, Q, so I don't want to really go into uh, specifics, but she was a consistent, you know, powerful character until, I'd say, you know, middle of season six, and all in the seven, they kind of, uh, I thought, you know, dialed her back a bit, but she was like, she's like a metal band. You know, she's like a metal band before Bon Jovi. Before Bon Jovi came along, nobody in metal ever smiled. Nobody. Okay. Bon Jovi comes along, people are smiling now. So season six, she starts to smile now. Ah. Well, mm. that's a little, that's a little disappointing. Now, are you saying that's a bad thing? That I'm not. Wait, whoa, whoa! I didn't say it was a bad thing. I'm just saying, character-wise, I mean, I know characters evolve, obviously, and they kind of did the same thing to Worf a little bit when you think about it. So that's all I'm saying. They just in fleshing her out further, she she lost a little bit of that I'm gonna whip your ass vibe to it. Now do you now okay, so in the context of strong female characters, do you think they that was a short sight on the writer's part? Did did it did it affect you know what I'm saying? Did do you think they well, defanged her at all? I don't think they defanged her because the story, as you will learn becomes much 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 more global in nature so it really wasn't about an individual standing forward and saying i'm going to handle this it was really more about very very large groups of people needing to be rallied to stand forward and say we're not doing this again i'm trying not to get into what's coming for you because you haven't seen it yet well all right i appreciate that um let me just let me just say, I, I'm on season three. I'm, I'm just about finished season three. I, I, either that or I'm on the beginning of season four. I'll tell you what, you, since you're a fan of the show, I just finished the episode. If you, maybe if you remember, I just finished the episode where um, Dr. Bashir, who used to be a horny motherfucker, dude. God. You, you used to be. Wow. <laughs> That dude was about that thirst. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they kind of toned that back. Because that was a little... 
we're talking about females, his character was starting to get a little problematic for me in terms of he was hitting on anything that had, you know, well, I'm not going to go there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he was hitting on anything that moved, and they kind of toned that down. But I just finished the episode where um, he catches this alien. It looks like a big, he looks like a turtle. And he, the guy electroshocks him, and then he starts to grow old. And he has to um, get to ops to fix the ship. And he's in a coma, and he's aging in a coma. And he runs into the crew members who are like alternate versions of different pieces of himself. You remember that episode? Yeah. That's so, four. Do you, that's season four? That's four. Okay, so I'm in season four. Which I'm happy to know because that means I'm going to get the Dominion War coming up soon. Which I remember tuning in when they got on the Defiant and started kicking ass in that ship. <clears throat> so I'm almost there. But, um, yeah, so season four, I just noticed that they're making uh, Kira, who is, who, I like the character. She's strong, she's capable, resourceful. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm basing this on looks because that Here is the worst go. thing. But that haircut, dude. Claire, let me ask you, isn't it, are you familiar with the character Kira Norris on DS9? Of course. Okay, good. Now, so tell me this. Isn't it possible for a woman to be strong and resilient? But she Without hair? Yeah, she doesn't have to look... She doesn't have to look so... I mean, isn't, is there what, anything wrong with... Go ahead and say it. Is there anything it. wrong with a woman? I, I, don't, I like short hairstyles on women. But to look so much like a boy, a boy haircut, a little boy haircut, is that necessary? That, that will change. It I think again, it's just it's one of those things where certain ideas prevail. I mean, in terms of what you know, strength, what imbues masculinity, what in, what imbues you know, don't f with me. I mean, that's why it 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 doesn't surprise me that Tasha Yar had short hair. It didn't surprise me that Kira Norris that's right chopped her hair. Yeah, because that and Ensign Rohe had short hair too. She did. She did. She kind of had it grow out a little bit, you know, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't shaved up in the back or anything like that. But, um, yeah, you know, I loved Nana Visitor as that, as that role. I, I still thought that she was incredibly sexy and engaging and powerful and didn't take no shit. And very much in that vein of Ro Laren. Uh, just a fascinating character altogether. I feel that it's kind of built in. It's built into their their DNA because of that conflict, the ongoing conflict between the Bajorans and the Cardassians. You know, by default, they have no choice but to be strong and commanding and powerful and uh, militant. You know, but as it just it's to their history. There's so much anger there. And as a woman of color, and, and just me personally, I could relate. I could relate to having all that anger, feeling like you're not being respected, feeling as if you know you have to speak louder and with more conviction in right. order for people to listen. You know, I could totally relate to that. Well, as you as you were speaking, you got you brought up some things that made me think. Now, I'm keeping original series out of the mix because <clears throat> that was what it was. But I'm thinking about it now. All of the female the female characters up to now, 
and even well as we even as we move forward if i'm not yep even as you move forward you see character the female characters who are who are intended to be strong and uh you know re- resourceful resilient they all have short dues <laughs> whereas the characters who are more nurturing the doctor she takes care of people uh uh Deanna Troy she's the counselor uh Oh, there's another character, and I just lost. I it. think your they, your they premise have, is about to get taken a hit here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's, Jadzia Dax. And how does she wear her hair? Long. She wore it up. Well, at least in, up to season four, what I've seen, she wears it up. And Ching. to take it to take it further, she's a trill. Before she was a male. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, wasn't no. the trill her the, last the trill? The trill doohickey was in a male. Okay. I like how you call the alien a doohickey. I love that. Well, whatever the hell it is. The trill, I don't want to call it organism, was in a male. Okay. Previous host. Pre- thank you. Previous host was male. I know, but it's true that don't you, don't, when the trill uh, becomes symbiotic with a host, and then they go to another host, don't they retain some of the psych? psyche of each host yes we'll see All the well, that might be problematic well not problematic but i don't know i think i might have a conspiracy theory here you know Uh-oh. used to be a she was in a male host the trill was in a male host she gets put in the, it gets put in the female host and all of a sudden the female host has to start wearing her hair up at least in the first three first four seasons now you're telling me that she's gonna uh, start wearing the hair down is that is that what's, is that the case well, from what I saw, her hair was always long, and so therefore yes, she tied correct. it back. She wore it. Now, don't please don't tell me she starts wearing it down when she gets hooked up with with Worf. Please don't tell me that happens. I'm not saying anything, but I would want to you know backtrack a, a heartbeat um, back to last week's episode when you mentioned Picard and Darren. Hello, Darren is a man's name. Which brought us back to Michael in the new series. Well, it's Darren, D-A-R-E. And that's her last name, by the way. It was? Yes. Okay, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. No, no, no. I wasn't. No, I, I'm not going to. I won't hold you to that. I did not make that clear. So I, I, I see where you were going. Um, now, speaking of Dax, what did you guys think of that character? I'm not really in love with that character thus far. Very, um, I don't know, very kind of. The actress, uh, who I, I love, the actress. She she actually responded to me on Twitter. Um, oh, ah, I'm, I'm Terry Farrell. T- what was it again? Terry Farrell. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Come on, Q. You I got know. to know these things. I man. know. I know. I'm sorry, man. I got so much stuff going on. I'm I'm piloting the starship with just three, two other people. Come on, give me a break. But um, what do you guys think of? What did you guys think of her? I, she's she's cool, but I I don't know. I she. She's kind of milk toast thus far. Again, I cannot go into that because I do not want to spoil what's coming up. Does she become a badass as it gets as it goes along? She develops some badass tendencies and has some, some moments. Yes. Well, I'll put it this way: if she marries Worf and they mate. She must have found some hidden strength somewhere. So I'm going to assume 
that she does become a stronger character. Again, I'm not going to spoil it. See, you got me. You got me wondering now. Please don't tell me that Worf had to become. uh, What's the word? Uh, What neutered? Not neutered. I forget the. uh, What's the what priest star? What is that? What's the word? (laughs) Uh, Platonic. No. Ah, uh, please don't, cause I want my wharf to get his groove on, cause he, you know, that batleth is not easy to carry when you're stressed out. Um, but moving on, there's one other female character that I can think of in DS9, and I was feeling guilty about not liking this character, but because I do not like this character, and one of the main reasons I don't like the character because I think the actress is absolutely god awful. And that is, and I, I don't feel so guilty anymore because I researched uh, her character, and there apparently was a blog entry that said, "Why does why do so many people hate?" And the character is Keiko. Keiko. Yeah. O'Brien. Oh my yeah. god. I wasn't a fan of Keiko O'Brien. Hor- the, the, Rosalind Child was the actress. Horror. I like her as an no. actress. But I don't like that character. No. I don't mind the character because the character, again, I'm only on season four. But I think the character had a nice arc. Um, she she and uh, O'Brien are having, you know, the arcs thus far is they're having problems in their marriage because O'Brien got transferred to this god-awful space station that used to be Cardassian <laughs> run. It's a Cardassian space station, which has been uh, taken over by... Uh, the Bajorans and Starfleet is now managing it, and so uh, Keiko is like, I-, "I have no purpose here. I have no." And that's a great dynamic to put in DS Nine, which I understand now is kind of like a soap opera, a dynamic soap opera. That's a great plot plot arc, and then she gets a, a school. They kind of underwrite that, but then she leaves to go on some sort of. Um, uh, uh, mining quest or some sort of uh, archaeological dig, which I'm glad she's off the show because ah, the the actress is horrible. Claire, Claire, are you familiar with this character? Of course I am. What, she what? was on CNG. Yes, she was. That's where they got married. That's right. Oh my God, you're right. That's right. right. Yeah. Day. I, I, you're you're an actress, Claire. What, what? Am I off base? I just don't yes. find. I don't find the actress convincing at all. She she delivers her lines like she's reading them off of a cue card. I mean, I didn't necessarily buy into the chemistry between her and uh, and O'Brien. I think she's okay as an actress. I mean, I haven't seen Joy Luck Club in such a long time, so I can't remember, honestly, anything that this woman has ever done aside from Keiko. She was in MASH in the, later, in the last season. Oh, okay. MASH, the TV show? Mash the TV show. She, she ended up marrying Klinger. Was she playing a teenager or something? Because she's not, she's not that she, old on uh, DS9. She was not playing. She was not playing a teenager now. Wow, how old is she then? Because that show was. Well, you don't ask a woman how old she is, man. Come on now. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying she looks very young on DS9. So I'm surprised she was playing an adult on Mash. You, you know us Asians, we got a long shelf life. Oh, y'all don't crack either. Is that what you're saying? Right. You know, right. she's got a point, Q. Okay. Ming-Na. Look okay. at Ming-Na. You, oh, and you know her. what? You, you <clears throat> ain't lying. That, that woman, I think she's 51. And fine. I know. I'm like, yo, what the hell? 
patent that she's got the fountain of youth patent or something because she is ooh wow okay <laughs> when wow. i saw she was 51 years old i was like you must this must be a typo no same thing kelly who same thing she hasn't aged kelly who, she played in the x-men she played uh death strike right yes okay yeah 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 yeah, man. All right. Well, that's interesting. But I, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not enamored of the actress. I, I don't find her convincing I mean, I don't at all. Her. I don't hate her. I just found the character to be utterly useless. I would exactly. Have to, I would, yeah. Exactly. Oh, you know what? I do remember her in TNG. You know what I remember? And I hated her in this scene. They're talking about I don't know what the episode is. I don't know what the, the plot was, but they're sitting at dinner. And uh, O'Brien made steaks or something like that, some kind of red meat, some kind of meat dish. And Keiko's like, what, we're having red meat? How did you prepare this? And he's like, I made it with my hands. I, I made it myself. You didn't use a replicator? No. You, you, you handled red meat with your bare yeah. hands? Actually cooked this? You, you know the episode I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. That whole scene was a little bit weird. Wasn't it? Because the thing is, is that he... He was so tired of eating the stuff that she was making. Right. He offered to cook. And so, and you know, he's, you know, he's, it's, yes, it's the 24th century, but come on, he's still an Irishman. Right. So he wants some other stuff. You know, he wanted some steak and potatoes. And, and she, like, she's like, looking at it like it's like some sort of scientific experiment. And she's got this stank look on her face. Right. Like, what is, <laughs> you, what is that? And he's like, oh, they're just capable. He's like not even paying attention because he's actually stressed out about uh, a former captain of his. Oh, was it the wounded? The wounded. So, I don't know. It was the one where his former captain intentionally yeah, killed yes. Cardassian. Yes. yes, one of my favorite episodes. That was, okay. That's a great episode. But I, I hated her after that scene. I was like, your man is cooking for you. What the, come on now. Right. <laughs> be grateful. You got the night off, but yeah, for me, her character really had no dimension. She is literally just the wife. But but again, to the to to what I said before, I think they tried to give her more when they gave her that they did the subplot of her starting a school with um uh Cisco's son. Damn, big sexy, you gonna beat me up again? Ah, Jake. Jake. Jake is useless. Just had to get that. No, no, no. I like the Jake is a great character. Jake and uh, Nog. I hate. Uh huh. I hate. We'll we'll talk about that later seasons. I hate Ferengi. I hate the Ferengi characters. But I have to say, and I'm getting off topic. But uh, Quark and Nog, I find myself liking them. You know what? Do her watch catch up to the the episode so we can get into this. Because Nog, Nog manned up. I'm sorry. What was that, Claire? Brother Rom, Rom, yeah, yeah. He made me laugh. But yeah. Rom ended up marrying the hot girl, so Rom did all right. Okay, you just <laughs> ruined it for me now. I'm not there damn. yet. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, but, you, damn. but speaking of women, I mean, listen, I've said it before. DS Nine of all of the all of the um, Star Trek series that I've seen thus far, it is by far the most sexual. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt that people are, are uh, getting some rocks off on this show. Uh, you see Dabo, gir- you see Dabo girls. I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at my son. I'm like, damn, should he be watching it? Some of these costumes <laughs> they're wearing, I'm like, oh shit. Definitely clad. Yeah. Little and bit of trivia. Little bit of trivia, just in case you, you know you guys didn't know, 
Nana Visitor and Alexander Siddig, they were married for a few years. The what? Actual, the, the actual yeah. uh, actors? Yes, as actors. Nana and uh, Alexander, you know, before, before when he first started the show, his credited name was uh, Siddig El Fadil. Yes. Yeah. But then, of course, because of all the negative press towards uh, Middle Easterns, he, he changed his name to Alexander Siddig. That's a shame. Uh, so but yes, but yes, um, Kira and Bashir, those actors were married in real life. I'm not mad at them. She's, wow. She's cute. She's a tiny little are, thing. Are they too. not, are they divorced now? Or? Yeah, they're divorced. Okay. Oh, she's a dancer. I, I, I think she's a dancer, isn't she? Oh, I got a shot now. Cool. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> what? Did I yeah. say that loud? <laughs> wow. Well, wait till we get to Voyager. I, those, there's some shots there I wouldn't mind taking, believe me. Anyway, I'm sorry, Claire. Now, I'm sorry, Claire. There is, there is um, a problem here. What's that? Neither you nor Claire have finished the series, and there is another female cast member that I cannot speak about because you two do not know her, and I do not wish to spoil why and how she comes about. See, so I, I think I know who you're talking about. I don't. I yeah, I didn't see those episodes as to leading up to how she becomes part of the show. But I am curious and just like you, I have to finish out the rest of the series. Well, um, go ahead and say who it is. I I'm, I don't wanna No. Not gonna because yeah. I'm not it's a domino effect, man. I don't wanna is do it so, that. is it someone that I would know from another series? No. Well then how 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 would it hurt? Just trust me. Because her I'll just say this. I'll just say this, Big Sexy. If, if it's who I think it is, because I was very aware of, of cast changes, because I'm, you know, even when I don't watch every TV show or every movie, I'm very aware of changes in production, actors, writers, directors, all that stuff. So if it's who I think it is, the reason why Big Sexy can't tell you is because her coming onto the show directly affects another one of the characters, another one of the females on there. So that's why he's like leery about Exactly. Health. And it's exactly. not it's not a character that I already know, you're saying. No, it is wow. not. Well I'm not damn. Okay, I might have to binge this overnight tonight now. What season is this character introduced in? I'd rather not say. Come you can't tell me what season? <laughs> no, I can't. Because if I tell you that, that'll put you know, like a finite spin on other characters, and I don't want to. Don't want to do that. Okay, man. All right. It's not the no. It's not the founder, is it? The 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 female changeling who's the leader. Of the no. Family? No. Okay. She wasn't shit anyway. Wow. Okay. Oh, but see, I got me thinking. Yes. Um. Ah, I don't know. I can't do it again. There's two characters now in later seasons that. Well, no, no, no. This character's already been has already uh, appeared. Uh, the woman who played Kai Wynn. Incredible. Oh, is that uh, uh, the, the, the Bajoran priestess or something? Yes, Louise yes. Fletcher from uh, yeah. Yeah. Cuckoo's Nest. Right, right, right. Now, I she, hate her. I hate that character. You're supposed to hate her because <clears throat> right. she had an agenda and she was slick about her shit. Yeah. I just, yeah. I watched it. I don't remember what happened. There was an episode where the Vedic, uh, Narisa's lover. Burial. Burial, yeah. He was he was on his deathbed. I can't remember if he pulled out of that or not. And she was just worried about the the negotiation. Did he make it? Did, he didn't get killed off, did he? I can't remember. 
But no, just tell, I mean, I saw the episode, I just don't remember. You know, I don't think he did get killed off. I don't remember what happened think, to him. I don't him. think he did either. But he did not get killed off. But I think but they, the thing they, about they broke her, up, though. They broke up, and he uh, went on his own way, right? Yes. Okay. Right. But the thing about uh, when was there was this one episode, I think in the f- first couple of seasons, in fact, before she became the Kai, she was a Vedic, and there were people doing vandalism to Keiko's school, and she was behind that shit. I think I do remember that. Yeah. I'm like, is she supposed to be a person? Oh of- yeah, yeah, because she didn't. She, she didn't want uh, Keiko teaching something that went against the Bajoran religion. Bottom yeah. line, creationism versus evolution. That's what yeah, it was. Right, 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 right. Oh, she was. Uh, I can't use either word. I don't want to use to describe her. Uh, I didn't like her, I'm, and and that that's a testament to the character. You're not supposed to like the character. Exactly. Well, yeah. nothing likable about her. So, yeah, I think that sums up DS9. I think we're still, I know, it's a little, when you come off of TNG with all those strong characters, then you come to DS9, you got, you know, Kira was the one holding it down for the most part, at, at least as of now, uh, as of season four. But I got to tell you, you guys have, uh, prom- you guys are the best promotion for me to continue watching this show, uh, which I will continue to do. So. Let's now move into Voyager. All right. Now, you want to talk about a major step forward. But it's a kind of conflicted step forward. But I'm going to tell you this. Captain Janeway, she is not the captain to f*** with. I see a lot of... Oh, what the other captain, the female captain that you mentioned. Rachel Garrett. I see a lot of parallels there. Yes. Yes. Janeway... Garrett was not the one. If I can say it, I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to come off the wrong way. I mean, we are men and women here. Janeway was the sexiest thing going, one of the sexiest things going on Star Trek. And the reason I say that is because she was strong. She was, she didn't play that. But she also knew, how do I put this? She was feminine. She was both strong and feminine, Okay. She exactly had she, she had a love interest. She had I think his name was Mark. Uh, no, she had a husband. No, a fiance named Mark. Yes. A fiance, right. And there was also a I loved this. I loved it was a little dicey, but I loved that they went there with this where there were a couple episodes where Captain Janeway was getting her toes curled by a holographic uh, holographic character. Y'all remember that? You <laughs> it was uh the it was um it was the hologram that Tom Paris had programmed. It was like an Irish village, and he was like the oh yeah he was like a bartender, and she she was on she was on that, and they even <laughs> her they, toes curled. <laughs> they even some of the uh the crew were aware of her relationship, and they were like, listen, we've been in space. For six years, I ain't mad at you, right? Do, do you, Captain? And I love that. We all have needs. Hell yeah. yes! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Ensign Kim—he was—he he had an addiction to the holodeck. Uh, Tuvok, yeah. uh, Tuvok had to get a, a female Vulcan program. His his wife programmed in the holodeck. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with this female captain succumbing to 
biological needs. And I I love the fact that they went there with that. They didn't get they didn't they could have gone the cheap route of um uh Janeway hooking up with uh Chicote. And they almost did that on an episode where they were stranded on they were stranded on a planet because something happened to their physiology where if they left the planet they would die or something like that. Yeah. I, I might have and that wrong. Or... End up turning into lizards. Ew. No, no, you're thinking of TNG. That that happened to Jordy. If I'm no, not no, yeah, there, yeah, there was that episode, but no, there was an episode where it was either Janeway. Oh yes, Coach you're right. Way and Tom Paris. I can't remember, that but was, they they literally. Was, um, yeah. It was a uh, evolution. That was so dog. I, I, oh, that was nasty. <laughs> that weird. was nasty. That was <laughs> so. I don't know who wrote that, but damn. <laughs> But no, that I, I remember that you're right. I remember that episode. But no, there was an episode where uh, Chakotay and Janeway are stuck on a planet, and they have to set up a, a, a temporary base. And I can't remember why the uh, why a Voyager had to leave, but it it was surmised that they had to stay on this. They had to live on this planet, and I think it had to do with something with a virus or something that they had contracted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a scene where one night. The uh, Chakotay and Janeway are uh, in this makeshift shelter, and they get kind of close. I don't think they actually did the do, but when they get back on to Voyager, they realize, okay, we got to keep this. I mean, you, it was basically they were both fanning each other off, like it's hot in here, but we got to keep <laughs> we got to keep this professional. I love that they did not hook those two up because it would have been so lazy and easy to do. And I love the fact that this woman was able to be a woman. And also be a strong captain. I love that. Claire, Big Sexy, any thoughts on that? Absolutely. You nailed it. For me, that's so important to find that balance. And I attribute much of that to Jerry Taylor. She came yes. on Star Trek TNG as a writer. And she, I mean, incredible. Like, when you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff in the writer's room, listening to these people talk about the, the mentorship and um, getting notes from the producers and the showrunners and, and all that, they really described Michael Piller as the father and Jerry Taylor as the mother of the writer's room. And, you know, much of that can be seen. Their, their, their voice, their, their imprint in TNG, the later years, and then, of course, uh, onto DS9 and Voyager, but I really feel that it's because Jerry Taylor was able to, you know, was able to imbue in the voice, in the writing, that these are strong, intelligent women, but they are still women. Mm -hmm. Just because you're strong, just because you don't take no shit, and you are a badass, and you are a voice of authority, does not mean that you can't be feminine. Exactly. Because I, I agree 100%. A man. You know, you know, a man in, in a woman's body. I just, to me, that's the thing that lazy writers fall into that trap. Basically, you know, taking a male character and just casting a woman. You can tell. You can absolutely tell when that happens. But for me, it's only on the rare occasions that a certain amount of uh, synergy or magic can allow the character to transcend that. And a great example would be Sigourney Weaver oh, in yeah. Aliens. Yep. Uh, Ripley was written to be a man. 
What? She, it was it, that was a, a male character. Yes. I did not know that. I did not know that. A male character. So in this, in the first movie, you know, directed by Ridley Scott, we get to we get to explore this. And the thing with back in the eighties, you had this openness to that. You had people like Sigourney. You had people like Sean Young, who had a very androgynous look. So then in the second film, and I love that James Cameron directed the sequel. I love the fact that he understood, and has always understood, between that character and Linda Hamilton and, you know, Zoe and Avatar. Like, he's always cast very strong women. I love the fact that he knew from the get-go that it's only because they cast a woman that we felt more of a sense of, of, you know, vested interest in what happens. Because in the second film, when the mother alien creature is about to attack little girl newt get away from her you bitch <laughs> get away from her you bitch and then blast her now james cameron said that he was in uh one of the, sh- the screenings and people in the theater were uproarious to that line because it hits an emotional chord you know you don't with a mother hen who's protecting her young and there's some power to that. There's something that's very primal about that. That's where it is. That's where it's at. Having that magic come in to where it's like, yes, there is something very, you know, necessary about having that feminine instinct still there and not not losing all of that that makes a woman a woman. So you're right. I think Catherine Janeway absolutely had that. And I thought that what a brilliant casting choice because everything just down to her voice was so on point because you she spoke you listened yep now i don't know if you and i'll put it in the show notes i don't know if you guys ever saw you can look it up on youtube i believe there is footage of the original actress who was cast to play janeway that being the french actress jean-vierre bougeot yes i did see that Absolutely horrible. I wouldn't say horrible, but it was just—it was just not, not even remotely the same. She didn't carry an air of authority at all. She really didn't. That makes it. I mean, she she had a. You know what? And let let me just say, whether male or female, one of the thing, one of the things I give all of these actors and actresses who ever played on Star Trek, how they managed to get through saying all of this techno babble. And that that took a skill, and Jean-Vierre Bougeot could not do it. Now, she has she as an actress has been in other films, and she's been very a, a great character. I'm thinking of uh, Coma. Uh, yeah. Family. But yeah, it just goes to show you that you can write a female character that's strong and and um, fem uh, uh, a feminist to a certain degree, but you also got to find the right actress to play the part. <laughs> And they struck gold with Janeway, uh, with, uh, uh, um, oh my Kate God, Kate Mulgrew. Uh, Thank they, you. They struck, they struck gold with her. I, I would put her up against Kirk any day. You know what I'm saying? I, and they even, there was an episode, I couldn't tell you which episode it was. I think it was some, it was uh, the year, year of hell, or was that it? Or Yes. 
Yes. She does a little bit of Sigourney Weaver where she takes off her her top and she's got the black uh, Starfleet, uh, what do you call it, uh, T-shirt underneath. And yeah. she's wheeling that laser rifle. And so, she's yeah. covered in dirt and yeah. sweat. Yeah, she, she, Janeway, I think she might be, if not neck and neck with Picard, she's definitely my second favorite uh, Starship captain. I would take her over Picard for this one reason. Um, she's bad, don't get me wrong, but she will also make the hard choice when it comes to crew. Uh, because we've all seen Voyager. We're all, we've all gone through that, right? Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, yes. At one point, uh, Mr. Paris got online, and she's like, you're in the brig, and you lost your rank. And that. she stayed yeah. to that too. He he was uh, an instant for quite a while before he earned his way back up. That's right. I can't see Picard doing that. I don't know about that. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I'm going that far because he's had to. I mean, he's. I mean, I've seen Data ream Worf, but I've never seen Picard really get somebody to that. No one else has really warranted it. But I don't know if he could. I mean, he could. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, you could say that that's more a reflection of the crew because exactly. maybe people were, maybe Tom Paris, I, I, I'm just speculating, Tom Paris was a great character, but maybe subconsciously he felt like since he his superior was a woman, he could step to her a little bit and he, she had to smack him in place extra hard. Hey, and no, no one would get, do that with Picard. If you test her, you see what you get. Now I guess, he knows. I mean, remember the episode where uh, Janeway, there was a, it was a, it was an episode where um, the, I can remember the actor's name Mark Garlick I believe I can't remember the uh, the character's name they run across this uh, alien species where they're going through their their space and they have to submit to um, to checkpoints every other day and this guy he he's leading the alien crew they're kind of like Nazis they come on yeah they, I remember that one. And she actually, then he he acts like uh, that he's a defector, and they begin a relationship. And uh, she she you think that 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 he's actually going to defect, <clears throat> and she gives him some secrets to something or, or I forget some secret tactical plans, sensitive information. Yeah, and. They're on the bridge, and then he reveals, well, Captain, thank you for that, because, and he reveals that he was a double agent. He was not going to defect. And Janeway looks at him like, you disgust me, or something like that. You know, was it all just a game for you? And and I'm sitting there thinking, damn, Janeway, damn, you deserve some happiness and whatever. But, and then something happens, I don't remember, but Janeway had the upper hand. And the guy was like, what? what? What's going on? It's like, and she basically she says, "I'm not that stupid." <laughs> I'm like, "That's my, that's my." I can't say the word. <laughs> that's my girl right there. Janeway was no joke, y'all. Okay, uh, if you haven't seen Voyager, please. It it, it 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 gets maligned, and I think there were a lot of jokes when the show first was announced. With the the theme of the show was they get lost. That you know they were saying the first female captain in the leader series. First thing she does is get lost. She doesn't know how to drive. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. That, you, know, you guys don't remember that? Those were, no. I don't remember those jokes clearly. I remember the jokes when Seven of Nine 
came on board. Okay, now okay, so you went to Seven of Nine. I wanted to talk about Bellana Torres first because she was another character that um Love her. Bellana Torres. Um Love gonna, her. Yeah. Uh, she started off as kind of one note, just angry. <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking this is a male writer writing this character who's got some frustrations with women. She's always angry. Okay. But they really developed that character to almost to the point where I thought she was one of the most well-tracked characters throughout the series. We learned about her past. There was one excellent episode, and I have to say this. It made me identify with her as an African-American. It made me ident- Well, I've always identified with Klingons as an African-American. I've, I've always kind of felt like Klingons were... Whenever you had a whenever you had a script, they had to do is Klingons being treated unjustly, or particular. A lot of it happened in Star Trek Six. I always kind of identified with them. I and know what was, episode you know what I'm about. about? It's when she, she's a little girl and she goes on a camping trip with her dad, and she's bullied by all the other uh, kids, and she wants to she wants to take away her ridges or something. There's some kind of operation where she can get her ridges removed. So what happens is, is that, you know, Milana and Tom, you know, they got married. Right. Okay. Oh, so they, was the ki- they had a kid, right? And yes, that's what it have, was. They're going to have a, a baby. They're going to have a daughter. That's what it was. Yes. Yes. So she was able to see a pre-visualization of what the daughter will look like. Right. So when she saw the ridges, they, but they're very, they're a little bit more uh, subtle, obviously, because it's going to be only... Um, a quarter Klingon as opposed right. to half. Right. So they're a little bit more subtle than hers, but she still sees them. And she tries to play God and alter the genetic physiology of the child while it's still, you know, in utero in, yeah. in her womb. Yep. So Tom Tom is like breaking down the damn door. He's freaking out. Like you you would risk the life and the health and safety of our child for what? For this? What's right. wrong with you? He's going nuts. And this yeah. is a very intimate, this is a very raw, a very real and painful conversation between a husband and wife. Yeah. And I love that they went there. And she and she told him because again, it goes back to the psychology of the character that for her, she feels that it's because her mother was Klingon, and therefore, you know, Klingon women are so, they're very aggressive, and they're very, you know, they, they, they have a temper, of course. Marrying a human male, her father, she felt that the reason her father abandoned them was because he just couldn't handle it. He couldn't take it. He couldn't deal with all their klingon nests, you know, all that all that power, all that rage, all that passion. It was too much, and that's why he left them. So in her mind, she associates the Klingon half of her as being the ugly half. Right. The ugly half, inside and out. So in her mind, she's like, no, I, I don't want that to happen to my daughter. I want to save her from that. I want to make her look as human as possible. And there's something, when I saw that episode, like I started crying. Like there's something so... So vulnerable yeah. about yeah. having that conversation with somebody and saying like that part of me I feel is really ugly. I don't like that part of me. And then I love the fact that he's I'm, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. I love the fact that you know he was like, "What's wrong?" I mean, 
I love that about you. I love all of you. I want to have 10 Klingon babies with you. You it know? Was, yeah. It was a very powerful. You're absolutely right. It was a very powerful episode. And for me, I, like I said, I saw that Balana representing, and maybe I'm speaking out of term, but I'm going to say it. I saw her representing any you know, interracial, you know, progeny, uh, African-Americans. I saw her representing uh, people who aren't willing to accept part of themselves because society bears down on them, you know, th this oppressive society. And I thought that was an excellent episode. I bring it up to say that, again, Belana Torres was a strong character. But she was flawed, and that was that made her more human. That more human, even though she's half Klingon, it made her so human. Excellent episode. So relatable. <clears throat> and so relatable. I that that episode really touched me. That was so deep down, raw, honest. Something that a lot of us can completely empathize with. Those feelings. And Rox, there was another episode uh, with Belana. Uh, where she was being very risky, she she would do holographic hologram programs with no without the um, the risk safety safety protocols on, mm -hmm. and because she just didn't want she wanted to feel something. So <clears throat> even though they started this character, I don't know if you remember that episode. I just remember ending with her eating uh, banana pancakes, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, she that, that that character was started started off just one dimensional, but it became she became a very well rounded character. She eventually became a mother. And I, now speaking of, of another character, a strong female character who started off one dimensional, and I got to think there was a lot of hate in the cast when they introduced this character. We're talking about Jerry Ryan as seven <clears throat> seven. Now this character, as far as I'm concerned, started off very problematic. Because I remember clearly the episode, I don't remember the name of it, where she gets introduced to the cast, they, they snatch her out of the Borg ship, and I remember her standing in the cargo bay, the last shot is a crane shot of her standing in the cargo bay, and, and she's posed in some awkward sexual, like, it looks like a Marvel superheroine pose. Like it was comic. called The Gift. The Gift. And we see the her gift. in that gray... Uh, skin tight costume and killing it. Oh, okay, damn. yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie, she looked good, but I'll, I've seen and recall a lot of people saying that was problematic because why is she being why is her figure being so displayed like that? It's clear she's eye candy, it's clear that she is meant as a boy toy for ratings, and I gotta think that with. See, I saw I saw Voyager when it uh, debuted on UPN back in the nineties. Me too. And I assumed that for I didn't remember it until I, you know I hadn't seen it since it first aired. Now, and I seem to recall thinking that you know uh, Janeway and Taurus were given short shrift when that character was brought on board because she's so sexy and all that. Looking at it on Netflix, that really wasn't the case. I think. Even though she was clearly sexualized, she they, they did not sacrifice the dynamics of uh, particularly of Janeway and, and of Taurus because they added this character who was brought on board, I assume to increase male viewership. I don't know. 
this what I'm saying is despite that costume, I think again she was somewhat one dimensional. She had to be because she's bored and she has to talk like this and she only talks like this and she doesn't show emotion. Right? But yeah. again, I think that they managed to uplift that character. They they managed to make that character into something greater than some of its own parts. Because I love seeing Janeway fight for Seven and fight for her to integrate her back into humanity. So what are your guys, I want to hear your take on the character of Seven. Well, for me, when they brought her out, uh, she was a direct replacement for Kess. And Kess I forgot had been about Kess. I hate Kess. <laughs> Useless. I hated the actress and the wow. character. The venom here, the venom. I didn't like the actress or the character. Well, I thought she was, you know, I thought the actress and the character was, to use your word, to milk toast. Yes. You know, she was very, you know, safe and, oh, I'm Cassie, I hang out with, you know, Neelix and blah, 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 blah. And then they bring on the Borg and all of a sudden the Borg is going to stay. Then they go to that shot. And it's like, Kess who? <laughs> Everyone forgot Kess. Everyone. And then as they develop the, you know, that character further, you know, she starts to learn about interacting as a human. You know, she she really stood alone on that one episode where the Borg where the Borg, where the crew had to go into suspended animation to get through this one area of space for like thirty days. I, I think that was about thirty that, days. Yes. Yes. You know, and she stood tall on that and they gave her character a lot of room to grow which was which was great for her as an actress and as that character. Remember she also now check this out. She also fought the rock. Remember that episode? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Lucky him. Yes, she did. <laughs> I I just wish they would have I, I I wish a couple things that they would have done with that character. <clears throat> I wish they would have given her a Starfleet uniform. No, I, I wish, head on. I wish they would have referred to her as Annika. If you're trying to inculcate her back into humanity, why do you keep calling her Seven? <laughs> because that's what she wanted to be called. That was her name. That's true. She did want to be. She wanted to keep her 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 designation. She wanted yeah. to keep her designation because that's what she's so accustomed to. But I hear you. I I wanted to explore more of who Annika Jansen was. You know, as as even as as a child, or her her parents, and where she came from, and her parents she... her parents were idiots, by the way, total idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. I kind of what? How did you feel? And I know we're getting a little bit off track. I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. how did you feel when they brought on some of the other um, some of the other Borg children and teenagers? I, see, now, now now you got to get me on a rant. I hated that Ichib. 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 <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, I, that I hated him. Oh, I hated him. I didn't <laughs> mind. I also didn't mind, uh, what was her name? Uh, Natalie? Uh, the little, um, the girl whose mom died. She had the... the oh, Naomi Weltman? Na Naomi. Naomi. Equally useless. Nope, I no, I think Ichib was the class by himself. No, no, listen. I, I didn't mind it because that was, that was Seven's, that was the 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 catalyst that the writers introduced for seven to become more human she was their their uh, guardian if you will 
Naomi Wildman became Seven's first link to humanity. So Ichab useless. I like. I thought Ichab was a great. I thought he was a great character. I, I, I hate him more than I hate Wesley Crusher, and that's yeah. saying something. Yay! There was another. I, there was another, there was an episode with Ichab where he meets with his family, and it turns out they had some ulterior motives for trying to reunite with him. And Seven was the one fighting for Ichab. I, I thought that was a great episode. It was a turning point for Seven, and you don't get that if you don't have the character of Ichab. Remember the, that where they Ichab. I remember it. Yeah. So it I, was I, just on the other day, actually. I remember it. So I think I, what happened was is that Ichab, Ichab became to Seven what Seven started out as for Captain Janeway, because when yeah, Janeway exactly exactly was like, you know what I'm saying like Janeway took on the role of the mother, the yep. caretaker, the the mentor, the teacher. It's funny you say the, caretaker because that got him lost in the Badlands. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and remember what happened with um, Seska. Oh, another great, oh. another great female character. She was a that heifer. I can't say the I can't say the b word, but she was a great character. Even though you're supposed to hate her, she was the actress was just on point. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. What a great way to turn turntables and and depict the most delicious traitor. Like it was just fantastic. She was Cardassian, right? Wasn't she Cardassian? Yes, she's Cardassian. She, she, was. she did to be Bajoran. And she almost she had a little something something with Chico. Didn't they, didn't they have a child? Oh yeah. No, that no, that no child. But she she no, tried. She, no, no, she stole some of his DNA. Yeah, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, okay, okay. All right. But um, yeah, I. Chicote and Seven end up together. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. like that. That seemed out of nowhere. Come on, man, do his thing, man. Come on, man. Yeah, but it did, it did, it, that seemed out of nowhere, man. It, I, I, I don't see. The, I didn't see the two of them having anything in common. Why would? It didn't make any sense to me. There was a, like the, there was another character on the show, who was kind of detached from emotions that I would have imagined would have been a better fit for her. I can't remember the character, but yeah, that just seemed out of no. That's because it didn't happen until the last season, like the last ten episodes, where they started kicking it off. Yeah, yeah. It seemed out of nowhere. I hated that. Agreed. Unlike unlike Milana and Tom, where that relationship, that flirtation, that sexuality, that chemistry, that you know the the all the, the passion. I like the fact that they allowed that relationship to develop over a long period of time. I agree. So I agree. just like with just like with Diana and 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 Riker. We didn't even see until the, the movie, okay? We didn't even see it all the way until then that they ended up getting married. And by then, it just, at least it feels earned. Well, I'm like, sorry. I'm going to say, I thought De- Deanna was a little bit of a trollop, if you ask me. Oh, whoa. First, she goes, first, she's, go, first she's kicking it with Riker. Then she's going she's gonna to put Riker to the side and, and start messing around with Worf. In Riker's face. First, wait, wait, wait. Oh, come wait. on now. First Riker, of all, Riker was a player. Exactly. He was. Riker got all the the, the action, and the thing is, that, they were they that were off camera game. when they were together. You know, before they yeah, came they, to the okay, show. Okay, you okay? They were they didn't they weren't in a relationship when Not the, the show begins. Up. But still, you know, that, that's there's a code. There's a man code. There's a man Klingon code. Warps, <laughs> you know, Warp talked to him about it. So look, what's up? And it was handled. And you see what happened in All Good Things, um, where uh, yeah. wasn't Worf still kind of like on a, um, 
I seem to remember they had to approach Worf. He was now big in the Cleon Empire. and you Oh, yeah, Riker, Riker says, I hope Worf is still not uh, harboring a grudge. Mm. Remember that? And they had to go meet with Worf for some reason in, in the last episode of TNG. But anyway. Um, but that that is probably one of the best series finales I've ever seen. That's, that's very true. Very, ever. And you know what's funny? We're talking about Voyager. I think that was one of the worst. I have to say it. I hate the way they should. I did like seeing an older Admiral Janeway just run a shop. To me, that was like, you know, let me take that back. It wasn't one of the worst because now I'm thinking about it. Admiral Janeway was kind of on her Kirk in search for Spock. Mm. Because she she went, she went wanted to go back in time to get her crew back way before they got back. Uh, I just didn't like the fact that it's it started off with the but they're already back. I didn't like that at all. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I vaguely recall when when, when, the epi- when the episode starts, you see Voyager flying over the San Francisco Bay, and then you see it pulls back and it's a screen. So they're watching it on screen and they're like, "Yeah, 20 years ago today, or however many years." Why Voyager, I hate that. Voyager return, that. and and then we see the old characters. And then uh, Janeway goes back in time to um, get the transwarp drive from the Borg mm-hmm. Queen or something so that mm-hmm. she can get them back earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the finale was garbage as well. well it could have been a lot better. Lazy. That's a cheat. But that's a shortcut. I did. Say, and, and, and even though I said it was the worst, I'm going to take that back because I did like what I saw with Janeway. Uh, but yeah, they could have written they could have written a little bit better. But yeah, so I'm gonna I, I want to move forward, and I just want to say so I think with Voyager we've got a lot of strong representation, female representation. Um, I hope you two agree. I mean, between Janeway Seven and Bolana, even though Seven again, we know what the intent was with her wearing that costume that she was painted on. Hey now, I think that she I think I think is a tribute to Jerry Ryan what she did with that character. I agree completely. I agree. And, and um, then after Voyager, we got Enterprise. Now, yawn. <laughs> only <laughs> thing I remember about Enterprise and female characters, I know there was one Asian uh, ensign, I believe. Soto. Oh yeah, Talia Soto. What her. her name was? Yeah, the pilot. The pilot. Okay. And then there was um, T'Pol. And the only thing I remember is on the very first episode, the pilot. We see her sexualized to the nines in a sonic shower with uh, killing it with Connor mm-hmm. Connor I can't remember the character's name Connor Trenier Trenier I think that's the actor's name and I'm no like, the wasn't he Trip 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 yeah I hated right. that name I know uh, and I uh, I was like really I mean listen I I'm liking what I'm seeing but this is not a Vulcan I'm watching right now. She's fine as hell, but that's not right. You, that's not right. Jaylene Blaylock, you should have, you should have said something. Because it was awfully cold in that sonic shower, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stop. Now, and they didn't. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies, but that was not necessary. It was not necessary. Okay. Was <clears throat> that was not necessary at all for, especially a Klingon character. No. You mean Vulcan character? Okay. That's okay. what I said. A Vulcan character. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, 
with that cleavage that Lursa and Beethoven wouldn't show I wouldn't mind seeing Oh, cute. Stop. Stop. I knew he was going to go there. Stop. I knew it. Shout out Ooh. to them characters, too. They were female. Yeah, they were female. They did some dirt. Right. And I, I guess I'll say, I say this every time. My one connection to Enterprise, that show, is that the, um, I can't remember his name, <laughs> the, the, the black character. <clears throat> I remember he was... He was a boom baby. I don't. I can't remember what that was. What that meant, but uh, a black character. There was a black character on the on the bridge. Uh, his name was An- the actor's name was Anthony Montgomery. Uh, oh yeah. So he uh, he's uh, Wes Montgomery's he... nephew or son. The jazz. The guitarist. Was he the what? one that died when the the blue cloud got in his head? I'm gonna tell you what you you don't. I have no clue. You said more than I ever knew about Enterprise. If he died, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought no, no, no. That's okay. E. That's okay. Sorry, thank you. No, no. PNG. Okay. Oh no, no, no. Uh, this is I'm talking about Enterprise uh, with uh, Captain Archer. But uh, that that guy, uh, his name is Anthony Montgomery. He's from Indianapolis, where I grew up, and I used to hire that guy for supermarket commercials. And then one day I look up and he's on Enterprise. I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> wow. So uh, shout out to shout out to Anthony Montgomery, um, the guy who played the captain. I hated him in that role. I don't remember oh. him enough to hate him. I like him, like I remember him from Quantum Leap. And yeah. that's, that's it. I liked him in Quantum well, Leap. Well, he's on, he's, on, he's on NCIS, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, I think. Now I don't watch any so- of those. Is yeah. that show still on? What? He, he's on a new show I'm now. Player, he, uh, I, he's on is, a, is it on? Not, is it NCIS or CSI? CSI? CSI. They're both the same to me. Yeah. Is, I don't watch either one of them. All those, all those abbreviations. He, he's, uh, he plays, uh, he's like, he's like um, it's CSI New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, so I can't really speak to Enterprise. I got nothing. Yeah, so, I don't either, honestly. I never, it just never piqued my interest. When it originally came on. And yeah, it kind of threw me for a loop seeing all the the trailers and the commercials with Jaylene Blaylock naked in the shower. Right. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but this is not Star Trek. She wasn't naked. I thought thought she was scantily clad. Was she naked? I mean, I don't know. She could have been, because it was looking good. She in the shower. Well, yeah, that again, I'm a heterosexual male, so it was, yay, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'd like saying it, but I it was stupid and totally unnecessary. So, so people out there, if you want to write in or send us an email about some of the characters that you female characters that you felt were, were well represented on Enterprise, please feel free to do so. I might try to watch that after I watch DS9. The reason I hated Enterprise was because. They introduced things that were so cataclysmic and galactic and widespread that I just didn't buy that I wouldn't have known about them in the original series or TNG since Enterprise took place before the original series. So I I couldn't I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to see them change canon. So we just got through all of the series. Just a couple of other quick shout outs. Uh, I want to go through some of the films. Because I got to tell you, some of the films, as I said before, we got some problems. Houston, we got problems. <laughs> or should I say regular one, we got problems. 
We got a lot of problems. <clears throat> we I got a lot at, of problems with you people. Yeah. <laughs> if we look at the motion picture, you have at the time that were, that came on seventy. I want to say I forget seventy eight. I believe seventy nine. Seventy nine. And go back into the archives. That was one of the first shows we did. We, the, the, the title of that show was Star Trek The Motion Picture, What Went Wrong? And I think that's an appropriate title. But you have one of the... She was a, she was a sex symbol back at the time. Persis Kambata. Now, Claire, uh, Big Sexy and I are, are... I think I'm going to assume we're a lot older than you are, so you may not remember this. Do you remember that actress? I a... vaguely remember the movie. Okay. I just remember, I just remember a bald headed lady. There you go. We and I just it. remember that the movie was slow as hell. Oh, hey, yes. you, you know what? You basically summed it up. Although, if you're a true Trek fan, you you're still gonna love that movie, which I do. But I don't I don't hate anybody for hating on that movie. Um, but you have Ilea, who gets taken by a probe. And when she comes back, ironically enough, we were just talking about T'Pol. Big Sexy, where do they find her when, when she boards the ship again as a probe for V'ger? Where do they find her? Oh, jeez, I do not remember. I hate Na to say that. They but... find her naked in the sonic shower. <laughs> and then when she comes out of the sonic shower, she's wearing this short, skimpy, white robe. Remember that? Remember the robe, yeah. I remember the robe, yeah. Now, because I just saw it recently for uh, the show we did, and the movie just, yeah, it just doesn't hold up. <laughs> but that was a problem because basically she's a probe. I mean, the Freudian influence is there, okay? And she is subs well, she's subservient because she becomes subservient. First, she's like a. Uh, a non-empathic, non-emotional probe. And Kirk, being Kirk, he pimps out Decker and says, yo, Decker, run that game on her because y'all used to hit it, right? <laughs> so run that game on her so that we can, uh, she can, the probe can access Ilya's memories. So what, so thematically what you're saying is the only way to access a woman within the subconscious of this probe is her love for the man? Am I? Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you got a, a woman wearing a skimpy robe, and the way that they have to try to uh, get through to this probe is for the man to utilize his past sexual relationship with with the woman that the probe is mimicking. To coax her into revealing information. Well, the point was that um, Ilea was taken and she, she was killed, but her her essence was created into this. Um, I'm going to call it an android that looked like her, and had her psyche, so that so that V'ger could uh, put a human presence or a humanoid presence on the Starship Enterprise. So that Vija could learn about humanity. So mm. that's why Decker was told to kind of influence her sexually using their past relationship so that the psyche of Ilea could come through in the probe that looked like Ilea. 
And I'm like, so you can't really, so you're saying you can't address this woman from an intellectual level. You have to address her from, you know, we we, we used to we used to um, kick it back in the day. <laughs> I was going to say something stupid, like bump uglies. Wow. <laughs> Ain't nothing ugly about it unless, well, <laughs> anyway. I find, I mean, Claire, what do you think? What do you, I mean, I, maybe you don't remember that theme, but what do you think of that as I've described it? I, I found it, I can see it being an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that being problematic, certainly in more modern, you know, landscape of storytelling and, and sexual politics. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing was a little bit out there, even for Star Trek. To me, it felt a little bit out there. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if I really examine it, I could see a similar trope in other genres or other stories or whatnot that aren't even, you know, that aren't even from the 1970s or 80s in which um, in which there's going to be some sort of coaxing or, you know, manipulation based on a previous relationship. See, I don't know. I mean, that's just one of those things where it's always been that balance. You know, here and there you'll find examples in which we just talked about it, Seven of Nine. Um, to me, initially, initially, when I first saw those trailers, and this was even before, you know, Laylock on, on Enterprise, in terms of, like, being sexualized, I look at these characters, and, of course, my initial reaction is to scoff, roll my eyes, and to assume that I'm looking at some some fanboys, you know, wet dream, you know, on the big screen, come to life, some 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 fembot, you know, who's that Stepford sense of like beauty and grace and femininity, but no emotion, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't argue, doesn't you know doesn't raise her voice, um, just is very, like, like I said, I, I, that's my initial instinct when I see these types of characters, you know, that don't really have any depth, you know, initially, that they're just there for, for a 12-year-old boy to, you know, have fantasies about. But, I mean, you could see that in, in lots of these types of movies. I mean, that's, hell, weird science. I mean, come on, you, you, we've seen this throughout. Wow, that's, that's a deep pull right there. We went way back for that one. <laughs> I well, mean, you know, we, we, we've seen this before. And that's why, to me, it doesn't bother me. I mean, especially when you know the time period. So much of these stories, as iconic as they are, you know, it's a, it's a product of their time. Well, point well taken. Um, although I would like to, I would have liked to have thought that at this time we, we got, well, this is, yeah, it's 79. What am I saying? It's not like. We had conquered all our demons at, in, at that time. But I just want to um, go back to this article. Now, that that what I just pointed out, it was in this Screen Rant article. And I just want to go through real quick. Um, there was there was another one that I found involving uh, uh, Marina Sirtis where she, uh, let me find it here. She complained, apparently she had a problem with um, the uniform that she wore uh, for almost six years in, at, in Next Generation. And I want to read this. It's just kind of, it's interesting. And this is Marina Sirtis from her perspective. 
Uh, she once described her TNG first season wardrobe uh, to a New York Comic Con crowd as a cosmic cheerleader outfit. Yes. And, su- and suggested it was more suited to a caged go-go dancer than a Starfleet officer. But it didn't end there. The only reason we came up, we can come up with for Troy's bizarre non-standard outfits is that she was supposed to be the show's hottie and they wanted to show off her curves. Tasha Yar wore a uniform. Beverly Crusher wore a uniform. All the women wore uniforms except Troy, which made no sense whatsoever. Now, I don't know that Troy was a commander. She was a counselor. So maybe she didn't need to be given a Starfleet uniform, but she her uniform did stand out. Um, and it, ironically, and they point out here that it was the that complete asshole, Captain Jellicoe, uh, in the episode, um, what was the episode? Uh, uh, um, no, not redemption. It, it was, was a, it was a two-parter uh, where Picard gets captured. Ah, oh, uh, chain shit. of command, chain of command. Thank you. Yes, it was that asshole. It was him who ordered her to get into a Starfleet uniform. Ironically, so it was this kind of sexist guy who ordered her to get into a uniform. <laughs> Made me laugh. She looked great in the uniform. So, I, you know, I hated I, I thought her wardrobe looked weird. It looked just strange to me. It's bizarre. Yeah. They all bizarre things with her outfits, with her hair. And, like, I remember her cleavage always had to be out. Hey, now. Yep. They talk about that, too. And I can see why, looking back on it, Marina would probably be a little fed up with the fact that for so long... She had to be, you know, kind of in these cat suits or in a weird, you know, dress or something when, I mean, it's not like she's a civilian, okay? She didn't hold a rank. Even before she took the exams to be a full commander, she did have a rank. I mean, it's not like she's just, you know, some some random person that they Did allowed. She, have, she had a Starfleet rank? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's why she took the exams. I thought she was just a counselor. I thought she was no. just a counselor. No. She decided she, uh, later on in the season, she got fed up, and she and Gates McFadden, you saw more episodes of them in the captain's chair. Well, then that that's- is some that is some bullshit. She should have been wearing a uniform. Agreed. Exactly. All the more reason why it's absurd and insulting that she has to have these weirdo hairstyles. And I remember that very clearly. In the pilot, she's wearing a dress and the boots, and she absolutely was right. She was That's right. She uh, was. Yes, an intergalactic cheerleader. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that was an awful uniform. I mean, as hot as she was, that was an awful. It did not flatter her at all. That was. It was ugly. It was it hideous. Was ugly. It was ugly. It, she did look like a Starfleet cheerleader. Yes. Um, but I want, uh, but I want to throw out a couple more just to get your opinions. Now, this one is really egregious because we talked about Carol Marcus in Star Trek II, strong leader. She she was commanding uh, the pro the Genesis Project. People, she was in charge. She was the one uh, giving it back to Kirk. What do you mean you're coming to take Genesis? And then we get the Carol Marcus. We're moving to the Kelvin timeline and into darkness as the, as the bile rises up in my throat. Mm. 
And we see Carol Marcus. I don't remember the at uh, uh, Eve. Uh, what's her name? Alice Eve, I think her name was. What do we get? We get her stripping in the shuttlecraft. <sighs> you remember that? You do remember that big sexy, right? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see Into Darkness? No. I refuse to watch any of those bullshit Calvin Universe ones. Wow. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. That's how I feel about Ghost in the Shell and Iron Fist. Like, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I think you, I think you should see him just on GP. Just so you... Just so you know what's going on in the... Um, just so you know what's going on... See, I had to restart that since I'm going to have to bleep that shit out. <laughs> And I can't talk over you while I'm while you're while you're saying. <laughs> 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 but um, I think you gotta look just so you know what's going on in the Trek universe, whether Kelvin or Prime. Well, I saw the first one and thought it was garbage. I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Oh. No, I'm not gonna waste my time. Oh. The characters aren't even right. You know. Now, granted, I only watched it because there was a five-part comic book from IDW yes, that yeah. set up that mm. whole thing. So that, that's why the real Spock was there. So it's an alternative timeline, all that, but no. Uh-uh. Not for me. Well, if you didn't like that one, then you will hate Into Darkness. Exactly. But yeah, that Carol Marcus, like, listen, I don't really know the actress very well, like, I don't, in terms of her work, but it just goes to show you. It just goes to show you that the way they treated her character like with, with such little respect that she literally is set up to be part of the family at the end of the film. And then by Star Trek Beyond, she's nowhere to be found. Nope. Although you can say the same thing about Star Trek 2 into Star Trek 3 and the rest of the movies. But in terms of being basically a, like a, just a sore thumb... And even J.J. Abrams, even J.J. Abrams has admitted openly that that joke didn't land. Wait, and which, I'm just which which joke is that? With her, you know, trying, you know, with the with her being like, okay, look away, look away, and he oh, does. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Captain Kirk, you know, uh, Chris Pine, and then she's like trying to change into the um, the uh, hazmat, the hazmat right. type of thing, and so she took off her clothes, and so he he turns around to take a peek. And she's like, turn around. And the whole thing was is that it's trying to just kind of lean into the whole, oh, well, you know, James Kirk is a ladies' man and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, it just fell flat. It did. It, and was, in fact, it was pointless. It pointless. Pointless and denigrating and just like literally 10 steps back in yeah. terms of how we are supposed to respect women, especially in the, in the future, for God's sakes. But yeah, that whole thing with Carol Marcus in Into Darkness, that iteration was awful. Just awful. For me, I get a kick out of it, the movie in general, just because I enjoy seeing Cumberbatch, you know, chew up the scenery. But as, other as, than as that, a, as, a Mon as a Mongolian Sikh named Khan, <sighs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But I mean, hey, you know, I overall, I'll watch them just because, like you said, on just general principle of us being Trek fans, 
sure, let's let's take a look. And you and I, we all we've just we talked about this before. We lean more towards Team Trek than Team Wars. Well, I, I walk kind of right down the middle. I walk right down the middle. I do like yeah. the in, I like the intellectual. No, no, I like the intellectualism of Trek far more. It it, it gives you more uh, than Star Wars does, you know. But I walk right down the middle. But real quick, I just want to uh, we're going to start to wrap things up here. But a couple other uh, characters I want to mention, and just to just to give a little bit of shine to the Kelvin universe, we did just see in Beyond which is my favorite of the three Kelvin movies, which isn't saying much. Uh, we saw Kayla, played by Sophia Butella, I'm going to say. Jayla. Jayla, sorry. Jayla, thank you. Played by Sophia Butella, the French actress who was in uh, Kingsman. She she was actress who had the, the razor skis for legs, I believe. Yes. And, and she's going to be mum- in... Say again? The Mummy. The Mummy, and she's also going to be in Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. Uh, she kicked ass. I, she was really not needed in the movie, but <clears throat> she was she was she was a badass. Uh, so I, I want to give her her props. But I want to step back a little bit, and I want to give a shout out to one character who I I don't know if I hated her or liked her. I just felt. It, it, it depended. I, I just don't know where I stood on her, but she was a. I have to admit, she was a great character. And is it wrong to say she may have been a little milfish? Can I say that? You just no. did. Can I say that? I, and that is Lawaxana Troy. Oh, I gotta give damn, it up to Lawaxana. I gotta give it up to Lawaxana Troy. <laughs> she was. I wow. <laughs> Loved her. Loved her. Talk about comic relief. Yeah. The thing is, is that TNG for all, for all the things that I love about it. Let's just face it; it was uh, a bit sterile at times, and so it was nice. It was nice to have certain elements or certain characters like Loaxana come onto the show and just be so brazen and bold and wild and unpredictable and obnoxious and throw Picard and the other crew off their game so that things don't feel so stiff and so regimented all the time. Great character. Great character. Lots of fun. Naked, great character. Naked weddings. Green. Naked weddings. That's all I got to say. But see, Q, you're taking it a little too far. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, she appears on, at least, um, maybe she has future appearances I haven't seen yet, but on DS9, she appeared in the second season, I think it was season two, maybe season three, where she and, um, Odo get trapped in some sort of elevator, in the ele- a turbo lift. Yes! Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I ain't lying. She looked, hey. She, oh, she, damn, cute. Man. Oh, my <laughs> Look at you! Look at you! I'm just saying, maybe, maybe I need to get checked or something. But and then you know what? Odo, Odo, he has to regenerate. Yeah. So she, she try, she gets to the point where she can convince him that listen, I'm, I'm someone that you can feel comfortable around. Okay. And so he ends up collapsing into his liquid form. Right. And she like she cradles him. Yeah. As. Yeah. As that goo, and I was like, okay, 
All right. <laughs> All right. No subtext yeah. there. I like you said goo. No subtext there. Oh, damn, you. <laughs> I'm just saying, she looked pretty. I, I had to double take. I'm like, what? Huh? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Loxana. Go ahead, Odo. Do your thing. And she comes wow. back, but she comes back in a later episode, and Odo wasn't feeling her again. He was like not having it with her again. But uh, yeah. sh wow. shout out to Loxana. Great, but great, great actor though. Great actor. Oh, wow. Difficult character to not sound one note because again, when we first meet him, he does come off, you know, chief of security, very gruff, angry by the book, and that's why his interaction with Quark was so beautiful. That was awesome. I love that relationship and that dynamic, the cat and mouse, because Quark is always trying to get some sort of scheme past him. And I just loved how over the years, it kind of, you know, developed them both just, just by through osmosis. But what's his name? Rene Aubergenois. Aubergenois. Just, just a terrific actor. You know, um, and that's you need someone like that, and you need someone like Patrick Stewart, and you need an Avery Brooks. You need Nana. You need uh, Kate Mulgrew. You need serious actors who can anchor this stuff down. Because let's face it, sci-fi and the fantastical, it can kind of get a little crazy. You know, yeah. you gotta take you gotta take these people in there to like you know, really anchor it down. So otherwise we're not going to be able to take it seriously. I just want to capitalize on what you just said. And I agree with you hundred percent, but you did um, mention mostly male actors. And I want to say that I think to, to, to um, go the other direction that you really need, it shows you that you need strong characters regardless of gender. You need to have, strong characters, and I'll say diverse, more in terms of gender than race, but that gives you, that gives you the perspective of, it gives you a perspective that makes it so dynamic and more real. And to that point, you need to have female writers in that writing room. You, Claire, you just talked about Jerry uh, Taylor. Yes. And what she brought to, um, was it Voyager? Uh, I mean, she started. She started on TNG, TNG, and then ended up becoming showrunner for uh, DS9 and Voyager. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You got to have females in that writers room as well. There has to be representation. And as we've, I think, as we've proven today, although Star Trek has its ups and downs, you cannot deny that there have been some dynamic female characters in this. Uh, this uh, iconic institution. And I hope to see more. And that's why I cannot wait to see Discovery, to see what, how Michelle Yeoh's going to put it down, how Sonequa Martin-Green's going to put it down. And I, I just want to see the dynamic between uh, number one and Captain Lorca. And I want to see how Michelle is going to be inculcated or brought into that cast. Because I know she's got her own starship, beautiful. She's a captain. But don't just relegate her to the side. I mean, we love Michelle Yeoh. She's an action star. Um, so give her her due. Just keep it up. Keep it up, guys. But to to, um, to Claire's point in the previous show, I, we just want to see the show hit the air first. <laughs> we just yeah. want to see Discovery hit the air. 
Just give us a solid release date. Because at, at the very least, they promise that they're going to air the pilot on CBS. And then the rest of the series will be aired only on their streaming. So at least there's that. But I'm just, to me, that just leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. I don't, I don't like that. I understand. I get it. You guys are competing. You guys are trying to get in the subscription, you know, content game. Because you got to keep up with with HBO, Showtime, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. I understand what they're doing. But ultimately, I think they're doing a disservice to people who don't necessarily watch the network, but who absolutely would want to watch Star Trek, you know, come back, come back, you know, to television. Uh, I agree 100%. All right, well, we finally made it back to Earth. It was a great listen. This was one of the this was one of the most fun missions we we've had. It was a two part mission because Claire brought the fire like I expected she would. Claire, before we go, let me just say I cannot thank you enough for coming on board the USS Internet. It was great to have a female perspective. I think I may have fallen short by just having three guys on the show. Um, so I'm so glad that you agreed to travel with us but before we go you told us in the previous episode but t- tell us again where can we find you online where how, how can we get in touch with you oh absolutely um you can always get in touch with me on twitter it's at claire Lanay, c-l-a-i-r-e-l-a-n-a-y you can find me every saturday with the rest of the afro nerd radio podcast crew uh, the Grindhouse Edition, which is uh, 6 p.m., or for us West Coasters, 3 p.m. Correct. Um, and that's on, yeah. that's on Blog Talk. You have to go to Blog Talk Radio to hear that, correct? Correct. You have to go to Blog Talk Radio to hear the podcast version. Um, and you're more than welcome to obviously dial in and listen live. That's correct, uh, right. Because we, yeah, we, we go a little crazy. I mean... We, uh, but we have a lot of fun, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Q. I want to thank you, Big Sexy, for having me on board. This has been a pleasure. I've had so much fun. Oh, well, now, oh, listen, we're, I'm not going to treat you like Darren, like Picard treated Darren and had oh, her shipped to an, you, you are welcome to come back. You are a crew member now. Uh, Daryl B. was a crew member. He's always welcome to come back. I'm not treating you like Darren now, okay? Good no, to know. No harassment on this show. <laughs> uh, and Big Sexy, just for the hell of it, tell us where we can find you. <clears throat> well, I can be found on Facebook in my civilian guise as Mark Wiggins. I can be found actively on Twitter at WSE Mark. And yeah, and I can also be found here at The Red Shirts. All right, and you can also find me. I, I do double duty when I'm not uh, the captain of this starship. I review movies at Real, R-E-E-L, Q-Storm, Q-S-T-O-R-M, RealQStorm.com. So go check that out. And if you want to reach out to us on the Red Shirts, you can reach us through Twitter, Red Shirts 1701. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, Red Shirts, a Star Trek podcast. Search for us on Facebook there. You can reach us on Tumblr under Red Shirts. And you can email us, redshirtspodcast at gmail.com. This was a hell of a journey. That's all I can say. Thank you, Claire. As always, thank you, Big Sexy. Well, we're out of here. We will see you on the next mission. Take care, guys.
safe journeys, live long and prosper. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out, guys. So and you and Luxwana Troy, yeah. Man, I'm sorry. She looked good. Come on, man. She looked good on that episode. I'm sorry. Red Shirts is not endorsed by Paramount Pictures, Viacom, or CBS. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Star Trek, the Star Trek logo, and all names, pictures, and audio of Star Trek characters are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders.